Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. It is Monday, November 14th. I'm your host, John June. Scott on my left. That would be my my co-host, co-hostess with the mostest. He's not a hostess. He's a host, but got my guy, Greg Penniman, a.k.a. G-Money. Greg, how you doing on this uh, Monday over here? Good, man. Uh, probably, yeah, week 10, one of the best weeks prior of the, of the season uh, with these with these games. Um, yeah, looking forward to Monday night, tonight. Uh, yeah, it, it was a very, very monumental week for sure. Uh, a lot of a lot of crazy games, especially that that Buffalo Minnesota game. That was insane. Probably the craziest game of twenty twenty two. Probably the craziest game since the divisional round playoff game between the the Chiefs and the Bills. You know, last year. Um, yeah, just fantastic football all all around. Just a good weekend yeah. for your team to not be playing. You know, like my New York Jets were not playing; they were on by, just watching other teams beat up on each other. And you gained um, a game too. There you go. Yeah, gained a game. You know, just now Miami gets to sit at home while uh, all the other teams beat up on each other, and hopefully, you know, we'll talk about the the divisional breakdown, divisional game between the Jets and the the Patriots later this week. But we're here to talk about some performances from. Week 10, uh, those those swags and those jags, those guys that helped you win a week or those guys that were just the guys and probably didn't help you win your week at all. In fact, they probably caused you to lose your week. We're going to talk about all of it. <laughs> going to um, obviously go position by position, but obviously if you're listening, watching, however you're consuming this content, just make sure you like, comment, subscribe all that fun stuff, whether you're you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or you're watching on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Again, just we appreciate it. We appreciate the love. Just make sure you stay subscribed and, and so you can keep that content flowing. Uh, it's week 10. We're going into week 11. You know, not you, you think about it. It's not really that much not, that much left in the fantasy regular season. We got nope. four weeks in the fantasy regular season. So when it's all said and done, um, you know, hopefully these next four weeks, you put yourself in a position where you can, you can make a playoff run. Cause again, all you got to do is make the playoffs. Once you get in, anything can happen. Um, you know, maybe you, maybe you pick up a player that, that, that got hot at the right time. Uh, like one of our quarterback swags and our number one quarterback on the week thus far, there's still a game to be played, but our number one quarterback on the week would be Justin Fields. My quarterback start of the week. I mean, this one we kind of knew was coming. Um, my man was playing. He was playing Detroit. Like, I had this enter, one. Enter here versus Detroit, man. Enter here. Yeah, enter here versus Detroit. <laughs> I had this one, literally had this one penciled in um, for weeks. Uh, you know, I've said it before, but Lamar Jackson is my quarterback in the league with extraordinary people. And a few weeks ago, I was like, you know, I like to look at my, my stuff ahead of time. I was like, oh, Justin Fields has a pretty nice schedule, plays Detroit when Lamar is on by. Let me scoop him up. I added him four weeks ago before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think it was after the New England game. I was like, I'm just going to add him, and we'll see what happens. And he's been the number one quarterback since. I actually honestly have a decision to make the rest of the way because Fields is still on 
12 of 20, 167 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, added 13 rush attempts for 147 rushing yards, and another two rushing touchdowns, four total on the day, 39.4 points in standard quarterback scoring. I mean, even this, I don't know if it was the, I think the first touchdown, yeah, the first touchdown was the crazy one um, where my man literally was running, you know, about to get tackled, reverse his field, and then trucks in, uh, you know, on third and goal. And then the second one was just classic field, 67 yards in the open field. No one's going to catch him. Like, Greg, what do you think of the performance here by Justin Fields, man? Yeah, he's, he's definitely on a roll right now. I mean, he's playing at a, a elite QB1 level. Um, league winning level for sure. Uh, the rushing is just continuing to to blow up one one seventy something last week, one forty something this week. So, yeah, man, I, it's looking real safe for him right now uh, as far as the legs. Even if he doesn't get those monster numbers, if he gets close to 70, 80 yards, that's still a great day. So, um, yeah, this is just showing. I think his uh <clears throat> his cap right now, and I think his floor is just as good. Yeah, I mean the floor is always going to be there, right? Because the rushing is going to be there. And that's what we talk about with these with these guys, these dual these dual threat quarterbacks that we we look to as being potentially late round options because of the floor that they provide. But what makes Field so interesting is different than like what Lamar brings, right? Because Lamar, like they don't want to make a living that way. Like they know that they can they can run Lamar and he can run for a thousand to twelve hundred yards. But at the end of the day. Like the rate the Ravens would prefer not to expose Lamar Jackson to those kinds of hits. And it also what happens is the Ravens want to play a certain style of football. They want to slow the game down. They want to run the football. They don't they don't really want to open it up and 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 drop back and pass 50, 60 percent of the time. The Chicago Bears are in a place right now where their defense is so bad that they don't have a choice, but to drop back and throw the ball, you know, even 20 attempts in this game. That, that doesn't sound like a lot, but how many of those attempts turn into Justin Fields deciding he's going to take off and run for 10, 15 yards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about beginning of the year, I talked about wanting to play my defenses against Fields. Why? Because he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the leagues. It's a dual threat. It's a it's a double-edged sword when you are a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields and you're able to create plays because you're going to be more more apt to maybe take a sack in a situation where another quarterback of you know who's not as mobile might throw the football away. So Fields is in right now in a situation where this defense is so bad that he's gonna have to to do something like this essentially every week near as we as we go forward. Uh your thoughts on that, Greg, with you know, Fields potentially being League, a league winning option down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. He's 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 got to be. I mean, no matter what schedule he's going to be in, um, even like they're going to be behind. Um, and again, we talked about the floor, uh, and he's he's getting better as far as his development. I mean, he's year two, so like he's going to continue to get better as a player too. So it's just going to help. Absolutely. Um, quarterback two on the week, man. It's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is. He is on one right now, if we're being honest. I mean, 26 to 35, 331 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Another place where he's he's been stepping up, 39 rushing yards on seven attempts, 31.1 fantasy points. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Patty? 
it's Patty. This is what he does every week. I expect this from him every week for sure. Uh, I mean, he's well, the best player I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he just does it all. They just added, you know, more, give him more weapons. Cardarius Tony getting the blow up twos now. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's all good for him. It, and he's going to keep doing this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised when Patrick Mahomes ends up on this list. Uh, you know, I, I thought he would be the number one quarterback on the week. Uh, Justin Fields thought differently. But uh, when, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws four touchdowns at the beginning of the week, runs for 39 rushing yards, I'm going to pretty much assume, like, you told me that at the beginning of the week, yeah, he finishes the QB1. just kind of shows where where Fields has been. Let's go on to the quarterback three on the week, and we got another FFDX start of the week here. Tua Tungavailoa, I mean, this is a weekly occurrence now, it seems, for, for Tua. 25 of 32, uh, 285 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no rushing yards on his one attempt, 23.4 uh, points in standard quarterback scoring. Performance here by Tua Tungavailoa, your quarterback start of the week. Yeah, quarterback start of the week, quarterback breakout. I mean, this is this is something I expect from Tua. Healthy Tua has been money this year. Uh really has. Um, yeah, you you got to continue to – the receivers around him, he has so many weapons to, to choose from. Uh, Miami has just been again in a lot of you know uh, high scoring games, high score go back and forth games. So um, the game plan is his work for him, um, and yet now he's got even the a running game to kind of help him a little bit. So it's gonna help him even more overall in this offense. So Tua Tua is gonna continue to roll. Yeah, it it really. I wasn't a I won't. How do I say this? So like, I didn't think Tua was bad. I just didn't think that he was, you know this next level prospect that tank for two that people had been took like you know, had always two. talked had always <laughs> talked about um but everything that i'm seeing is is good right and like tyreek hill you know tyreek hill helps for sure mike mcdaniel helps for sure but two is not doing anything different than what he's always done right he's a quarterback that excels at throwing with anticipation you know he's gonna get the guy he's gonna get the ball open to the right guy and when he runs this RPO system. I mean, this is this goes back to Tua at Alabama running the RPOs, right? Like he's always going to make the best decision in that situation running those RPOs. He, he does it at a very, you know, with high efficiency and he that he does it with a lot of success. So, you know, seeing Tua, all of this is very reproducible week to week and like this is not a fluke. Uh, you know, he'll continue to do this and from a fantasy perspective, you know, I I mean, all right, let's put it this way, Greg. You've got one choice to make rest of season, Tua or Justin Fields. You are muted, sir. I think I'm going to go with Tua. Uh, Just because... I think if it, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, that's real tough, actually. But I'm I'm gonna lean towards Tua, um, just for the fact that I feel like, I mean, the last two weeks Justin Fields has gotten it, but the over unders for Miami seems to be a lot higher. I feel like, I mean, it could, I could always see a possible bad bad game from Fields as far as him getting sacked and everything, um, uh, and you know. It could be a possible regression to maybe a game or two early in the year, but 
I see Miami always being a, a team that's putting up points and uh, in good situations. So I, I'm going to just lean towards two. They're both safe, but I'm going to lean towards two. Yeah, and I think that's where I lean fields because I want that week-to-week consist like the, the rushing floor. Again, what two is doing is great. I don't think that's a fluke. But we've seen Tom Brady have bad games in December. Right, like even even when he was on a pace like this, you know, not pace like this, but even when he's he's done this, you know, two eighty five, three touchdowns, you know, he it's easier to have not easier to have that bad week, but when you don't have the rushing to lean on, it's a bit easier to have a bad week. So that's why I lean Fields, and I actually did have to make a decision like this in a keeper league, where I have Josh Allen as my quarterback keeper, and Fields and Land or Fields and Tua were just kind of sitting out there, so I just picked both of them up. And I didn't have room for three quarterbacks, so I traded away. I had to trade away somebody, so I traded away Tua, essentially knowing I'd keep Fields, you know, going forward. But it's just an interesting thought, and I, I'm I'm sure it's one that listeners out there have to make or have had to make uh, because these are guys, you know, Tua was available in leagues after the injury and things like that, and Justin Fields, he was available after pretty much having a bad start to the year. So definitely an interesting conversation. Um, Rounding out the quarterback swags, the quarterback four on the week, Matt Ryan, the quarterback five, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback six, Pat, or, well, Josh Allen, the quarterback seven, Ryan Tannehill, eight, Aaron Rodgers, nine, tying with nine would be Geno Smith and Dak Prescott, and the quarterback 11 would be Kenny Pickett, and then the quarterback 12, Daniel Jones. Greg, any of these top 12 performances stick out to you? Um... I mean, Kenny Pickett is definitely nice to see him in that that top twelve. Uh, uh, see that he's capable of, you know, doing it. Maybe this could be uh, nice for his future and everything. Um, uh, that's about it. The other these other names, Jackson. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had a good game, so that's good to see uh, for sure. Always that, you know, him being a, a QB one. Um, Ryan Tannehill. I'm not really. I think that's more of a fluke thing, but um, and 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 Rogers as well. So yeah, I'm not too uh, shocked for anything else. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers one is interesting because we obviously we saw the emergence of of a rookie wide receiver in Christian Watson. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about how Aaron Rodgers has been missing this. This offense has been missing a downfield presence, uh, something that really st- helps stretch the field and keep defenses honest. And if Christian Watson fills that void, you know, something we'll talk about him a little bit later. But if he fills that void, then it makes me it gives me a little bit more confidence that Aaron Rodgers could actually you know, turn this around because that was a good Dallas defense mm-hmm. that he had success against. So, you know, that part is important. And, you know, the Trevor Lawrence thing, totally agree. Um, the one that's probably interesting, I'm probably the only person on earth. And if you are listening and you did it with me, I need to hear it. Please tell me. I'm the probably the only person on earth that started Matt Ryan this week. The only oh, person. I mean, was he banking on starting before the game? Like, did you know? He so I caught, I caught wind of it. I was going back this morning actually to check the transactions. It was on Twitter that he was taking snaps with the starting center before the game started. Mm. Like, and so it was like, it looks like people were tweeting like, "Oh, looks like you know Matt Ryan might start today." I'm in a two quarterback league. Fortunately enough for me, Josh Allen played. But Kyler Murray didn't. And I was prepared to start John Wolford. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I was prepared to start, to start John Wolford. But once I saw Matt Ryan was playing the matchup against Las Vegas, like 
to me, that was what I would rather play. Like, you know, Arizona was a fine offense, you know, fine defensive matchup, but Wolford is not nearly the the, the quarterback that Matt Ryan is. And it worked out. <laughs> like, it, like it really worked out. So uh, I was glad, you know, that I had made that move because he like I finished as a quarterback for even had a rushing touchdown and some and 38 rushing yards. So yeah, I was definitely, you know, I felt fortunate for that. Yes, definitely. I mean, he came in at a at a solid performance. Um, the Indianapolis Colts had a good start. I mean, good job on Jeff Saturday, man. It's crazy. Any given Saturday, man. Yeah, any given Saturday. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the, some honorable mentions. Uh, Derek Carr had a solid day. Marcus Mariota. I mean, he is Derek Carr, right? Like, when you think it's going to be bad, when you think that you shouldn't start Marcus Mariota, you're done with him, that's when he actually has a respectable performance. But mm-hmm. when you count on him, when you start him, when you're like, I'm going to make him my stream of the week, like that's when he we end up with crap from him. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Mariota, even as bad as it looked, when we were talking about the Thursday night quick hits, like he looked terrible and he still finishes a quarterback 14. Crazy. Uh, and then Jacoby Brissett, my stream of the week, uh, came in as the quarterback 15. It was a solid week for quarterbacks. I mean, we had five guys over, you know, just about 21 points. Um, you know, so it was a you know solid quarterback week. Uh, but there were some Jags and uh, so a guy who shows up on this list like far, far often more than we would like to. That is Justin Herbert. Uh, Greg, we we uncovered why in your mind Justin Herbert was fine, because in our League of Extraordinary People where he is your quarterback, he is the player 13 because we have some some crazy scoring that probably needs to be reevaluated next year. Um but Justin Herbert not having a solid day, are you chalking this up to the lack of, of weapons around him? Or was this the San Francisco 49ers defense? Is this just a down year for Herbert? Some of some of the above, all of the above. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely some of the just uh in general having the no no receivers, kind of not no receivers, but Keenan Allen, you can't dismiss him. He's one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, Mike Williams is a great deep league presence. I mean, he, I mean, deep uh, down the field presence. Uh, you know, you can't absence that as well. So uh, it's, it would take a little while for Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter to get that like that mojo, or just to you know fill the void of uh, Keenan Allen. Uh, I mean, so it definitely doesn't help uh, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean. It seems like, uh, you know, maybe the, the Chargers, I'm not sure what their pace is looking at this year, but it doesn't seem like they're one of those, like, teams that's trying to get a lot of plays and, and stuff like that. So, the you know, as far as being very fr- fantasy-friendly, um, hasn't been here th- that, that this year. And high-scoring games, they haven't been in a lot of high-scoring games as well, uh, for sure. So, um, defense has been better, for sure, too, so that, that definitely helps. Yeah, I mean, they're just unable to keep drives going. They're unable to to consistently convert on third downs, so that's going to definitely lead to you running less plays. Uh, Russell Wilson also ends up on this list. I mean, the Tennessee defense probably, in hindsight, is better than we might have thought. Like, look what they did to Mahomes for essentially like three quarters until Mahomes was able to turn it around. So maybe that's one that we, you know, we look back on and we'll say that maybe the Tennessee – matchup was bad but i i stick with what we've been saying like russ is purely a streaming option going forward oh yeah i mean he wasn't one gonna be any on my roster so like 
yeah, yeah, definitely has to be a Detroit, a Detroit matchup, pretty much. If I'm starting, yeah. Russell Wilson. Speaking of Detroit, uh, Jared Goff also uh, not a great performance by him, uh, given the, the nature of this game. But um, you know, it's it, a lot of good quarterback. We a lot of good quarterbacks this week. So so Goff just ends up you know in that QB twenty range, and then Andy Dalton, who if you played him um, was terrible. Uh, but we kind of talked about if TJ Watt plays, don't play him. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the running backs, man. And the running back swags, the number one running back on the week. My man is back. My running back start of the week, Jonathan Taylor. In his first game playing for head coach, Jeff Saturday, he was – on the field for 86% of the snaps. That was a season high. He was he received 22 of the 24 running back touches, uh, 22 carries, 40, 147 rushing yards, one touchdown, two targets in the pass game, which he turned into two receptions for 16 yards. All this was good for 14 or for 24.3 PPR points. Even had one of his signature. 60 plus touchdown runs where you remember that Jonathan Taylor is a freak of a human being when he gets into the open field and you see that a a man that big is running away from defenders that fast. Greg, what did you think on the performance here by Jonathan Taylor, my start of the week? Yeah, definitely a a great performance from him. I mean, highest carries he's gotten since week four. So that's like amazing. I mean, injuries and just, you know, you know, the volume hasn't been a layer a little bit. Uh, definitely highest yards per carry this uh, this week of the season. Uh, so definitely, uh, besides week one, his best best game of the season easily. Um, you know, I think he's definitely gotten the, you know, he doesn't need to see like two weeks to kind of see him that he's back. Like he should, you know, be in everyone's lineups to begin with. So they're going to continue to start him. Hopefully he can uh, kind of get on a tear here though. I mean, he's got Philly next week, so it might be a little tough, but uh, hopefully, I mean, they can uh, kind of get on a tear here. Yeah, I mean, again, we talked about Philly. Um, you know, you can run on Philly, and we'll see if 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 Antonio Gibson keeps that trend up tonight. But you know, we talked about going into this this game, and I talked I talked about you know with JT being my start of the week. Jeff Saturday, former offensive line, former offensive lineman, right? Like he, he was gonna come in, run the football, dominate dominate it that way, mm-hmm. and. The, all, all the issues, I mean, from what metrics out there and things like that, this was the best run blocking performance that the Colts offensive line had, you know, this season. So Jeff Saturday's impact being felt that way. But I thought the interesting part was what he said in his his post game message to the team was, you know, we set the goal to run for 200 yards, and we did that, and. So when he when he when he started that way, I'm like, I wonder if that's the goal every week. Because uh, if it is, fire up Jonathan Taylor, man. Let's go. <laughs> I'm sure the goal, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, if the volume's going to be high, they're going to depend on giving him the ball. Uh, I'm definitely here for it, um, for sure. And this is why you go out and you make those trades this time of year to acquire a talent like Jonathan Taylor. Feeling real good uh, right now, so. 
Uh, let's move on to the running back two on the week. Aaron Jones, 24 carries, 138 rushing yards, one touchdown, two targets in the pass game, which he turned into two catches for 18 yards, 23.6 PPR points. Uh, Greg, your thoughts and performance here by Aaron Jones. Yeah, I expect this from Aaron Jones every week. I mean, he's, already, he's you know, after Aaron Rodgers, he's the best player, I think, on the team. Um, he should be getting the ball, getting the volume uh, in the passing game, in the running game every week. Uh, they should be relying on him heavy. So it's good to see him getting this performance. Um, as long as he stays healthy, uh, you know, I, I definitely like Aaron Jones. Most definitely Aaron Jones is a baller. Also a baller, Dalvin Cook, who – Actually tied. We have a three-way tie for the running back two this mm-hmm. week. Dalvin Cook comes in as the one of the other guys that ties for this spot. But 14 carries, a buck 19, one touchdown, three receptions on five targets, 27 receiving yards. Again, 23.6 PPR points. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook's also been on a tear lately. Um, yeah, after – Maybe what what a, a slow start, you know, miss a week or for Alexander Madison. He's he's been a dog. He's when he gets in, uh, um, yeah, Dalvin Cook is, is the man. He's always gonna continue to ride this uh, offense on a good team. Minnesota is. They're gonna continue to run it through him uh, first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, I have Dalvin Cook, and it's been kind of like underwhelming because like he's really been like a top, like consistently top twelve, top fifteen guy. Uh, which is, you know, you drafted him to be a top five guy. But this week hey, definitely I'll helps. That. I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're speaking from a different place, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Uh, You'll take that. But, but, you know, Dalvin Cook, I mean, when you look at his day yesterday, he had an 81-yard touchdown run, right? Like, you take that away, that means he really ran for, like, 30, 30 rushing yards. Uh, obviously, it's, it takes a lot of skill and – and and whatnot to to score an 81 yard touchdown run. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying that there might be an opportunity here. You know, not no. I don't even know what you could do. Like the Saquon manager is not gonna buy. The Christian McCaffrey manager probably not gonna not gonna bite. So I don't know what situation you could get yourself into. Like I would be. I wouldn't. I would feel really tough. It would be really tough for me to sit here and say. Like, oh, yeah, turn your Dalvin Cook into Jonathan Taylor because I think that would be simply an overreaction to what just happened. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you, you got to kind of hold Dalvin Cook right now. But if you have an opportunity, you know, the Saquon manager might listen, you know, then then potentially you have it, you have it out there. But uh, the running – also tying for the running back two on the week, James Conner, 21 carries, 69 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, three – carries on three reception or three catches on three on three targets for 17 receiving yards 23.6 ppr points greg your thoughts on the performance by james connor uh yeah james connor kind of taking his backfield back uh so that's you know good to see maybe you see one guy uh it's always see good to see a workhorse so it makes the picture pretty clear um yeah and he, he's going to continue to roll hopefully he can get back on that touchdown roll that he, you know he was getting on last year yeah, and it's very interesting, especially because they cut, you know, Benjamin today. So Tough. he's no longer on the Arizona Cardinals, which honestly doesn't – I mean, on the surface it doesn't make sense because he he had zero snaps in the game. He's been performing as your, your lead running back with James Conner being injured. So it's kind of tough 
there, maybe that's pinpointing them, you know, that they're leaning more towards the rookie and Keontae Ingram, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who showed well in limited opportunities. But we know James Conner's injury history. Like, I I would stash the backup running back, you know, for Arizona, especially if I'm the James Conner manager rest of season. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the – well, there's some honorable mentions. Uh, Kenneth Walker, who despite rushing for only 17 rushing yards on 10 attempts, still cracked in the top 16 of PPR running backs thanks to six receptions. Austin Eckler, you know, top 15 finish by him. Nick Chubb was obviously solid. Um, oh, I didn't I didn't read the rest of these running backs. Uh, but Saquon Barkley comes in at five. Josh Jacobs comes in at six. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. comes in at seven. Tony Pollard, eight. Deontay Foreman, nine. Raheem Mostert, 10. Christian McCaffrey, 11. And then Devin Singletary coming in at the running back, 12. Greg, any of these running back performances stuck out to you? Um, no, I mean, uh, Jeff Wilson, I've always liked him. So that's that's good that he's, con- you know, kind of taking this backfield. And now Miami has a kind of a, a strong RB2, you know, some RB1 upside every week. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, they bought both actually two running backs in the in the top twelve. I was about to say, yeah, most of finishes yeah. a top ten back yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 so that's good. And then Tony Pollard continuing to to show, you know, post Zeke era, this man is a RB one for sure. Yeah, I mean Jeff Wilson Jr. definitely had the volume, um, and that's where I would bank. I mean, Mostert had a long touchdown run, and it wasn't super long, but you know, still long touchdown run. So uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. I think is where where you lean for that weekly production. Yeah, Pollard, sure. yeah, I mean. If you're a dynasty manager of Pollard, like you're just you're you're looking yeah. at the chops right now because you understand like what's what's ahead. Like my man's about to hit free agency, um, you know, competing. I mean, obviously Saquon Barkley might end up is going to end up with getting the biggest contract, but Tony Pollard would not surprise me if he gets the second largest contract of all the running backs that are available. Um, you know, McCaffrey, RB eleven. I mean, that was that was weird in in and all of itself that. Elijah Mitchell's who led the team in in running back yeah. attempts. Uh, so, so he ends up as an honorable mention here. Uh, Jalen Warren, who I talked about earlier in the week, finished as a top 22 play. Rashad White, also, you know, guy we've been talking about stashing for weeks now, finally mm-hmm. comes through. Uh, if you played him, um, you know, filling in for your start of the week, Greg Leonard Fournette, who suffered a hit pointer at the, you know, the, you know, in the middle of this game here. Uh, any of these honorable mentions that might have stuck out to you in any way whatsoever, Greg? Uh, yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette was on his way to that a big day. Actually, he, I mean, he still finished RB nineteen in like pretty much half a game. So uh, definitely nice from him. Um, you know, we were talk about Damian Pierce uh, and Kenneth Walker continuing to to be great rookie running backs uh, to hold it down for for fantasy managers. Definitely, and then there were some running back jags on the week. Um, Ceh man, a hot zero. Uh, he's probably droppable. Yeah, I mean, we knew that the this this clip was like there, and the usage was just never there. He only had one game over ten carries, so like he was just you know banking on this touchdown production. Uh, and now he's not even getting touches. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they I think have you saw two Pacheco, targets in this game. Jack McKinnon's there, uh, you know, J.D. McKissick. So, yeah, they really are, you know. Gonna... J.D. McKissick got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
No, nah, but that's what Jerry McKinnon is. <laughs> oh, Jerry, <laughs> yeah. Jerry McKinnon is Jerry the McKinnon is the JD McKinnon. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 tough for him. I think he is droppable though. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, just God forbid there's an injury in that backfield, though. I mean, what's Clyde gonna go for on the waiver wire? Like in terms I mean, of like, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's like, no one left to give the ball to. Yeah, but they never ran the ball like that when he was they're not they're not a running team, like so his max his uh, if he's the only running back there, his cap is still I think RB three or you know, RB two gets some maybe weeks here and there, but still seen as an RB three with anyone no one else in the backfield. Um also rounding out the Jags, we got Alvin Kamara. Uh, Cordero Patterson and both Bears running backs, although Khalil Herbert did exit with a hip injury. So potentially David Montgomery might get it backfield to himself. Well, let's move on to the wide receiver position and the wide receiver swags, the number one wide receiver on the week. CD Lamb, 11 catches on 15 targets. Odell, please don't go there. I need to see CD get 15 targets like every Ooh. week. 150 receiving yards, two touchdown receptions, 38 PPR points. I should have made him my start of the week. I should have just done it. Screw Jair, Jair Alexander. But, Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by C.D. Lamb? Yeah, C.D. Lamb, uh, you know, a freak of nature talent. Uh, he's going to continue to get heavily targeted in this offense where, you know, we, we were saying how they aren't really can't really trust any of the secondary receivers right now. So it's C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, and that's who – he Dak, Dak is going to be looking at um, besides running the ball. So, I mean, he's, he's in a spot to, to be finished the year, you know, in a, at a top, you know, weekly top five wide receiver. Yeah, man. It's kind of crazy how this season has come full circle with me and CD, right? Like start of the year, he was clearly like a top five, top six guy for me. I thought the targets would be there every week. And then we get the Dak injury week one. And, you know, we even said it, right? Like, Hey, I think you should buy a CD. Like, if there's one player from this offense that I think I want, it's CD Lamb, and he's been the most constant thing in it since mm-hmm. the Dak injury, and and now he has his first hundred yard game since the Minnesota game last year, which he had co- with Cooper Rush, uh, and has a career high one fifty. So, gotta love CD Lamb. I mean, the only again, the only thing that could really stop it at this point is if if Odell Beckham signs with the Dallas Cowboys and we don't see him seeing like a 38% target share every week. Yeah, for sure. Cause Dallas is a run first team. So uh, another receiver would, would hurt him for sure. Most definitely the wide receiver two on the week, Justin Jefferson, 16 targets, 10 receptions, 193 receiving yards, a touchdown and probably the best catch that we have seen in the history of football, people will say that the Odell catch was better. Odell catch was know, really good. Odell caught it with three know, fingers, and it was a touchdown. <laughs> it was great. But when you consider fourth and 18, you had a defender draped. The defender had two hands on the ball. My yep. man's got one hand on the ball. And then as they're hitting the ground, like it defies all logic how that ball never hits the ground. Nope. Never. Like, so, yeah, J. Jeff, 35.3 fantasy points. We love you. We appreciate you. I was say, I take every bad thing I said about you not being this year's Cooper Cup. I take it all back because that was a fantastic performance. 
Yeah, man. Money got the the Minnesota Vikings one of the biggest, you know, wins. One of the biggest wins in Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, career because of Jay Jeff. Like, thank you, Jay Jeff. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was an amazing catch. Uh, that I think I think I agree. I think it was better than the Odell catch slightly. Um, yeah, amazing performance from him. He should continue to to close for this team in, in Minnesota. Hey man, Kirk was out there throwing some darts. You know, you know, he was throwing some, a little some darts, but oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you well, know that that fourth and eighteen that play that play wins that the game was, for them. Yeah, Justin yeah, yeah. Jefferson, effort. He's yeah. down there somewhere, yeah. right? Like <laughs> you got to sometimes, you know. You got to. Got to. <laughs> One p.m. Um, Kirk Cousins is the goat, man. One p.m. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, let's move on to the wide receiver three, who maybe might be developing a little rapport with a a Hall of Fame quarterback, Christian Watson. Four catches. Eight targets, 107 receiving yards, and three touchdown receptions here, Greg. 32.7 PPR points. This is a breakout performance I think everybody's been looking for from Christian Watson. The 34th pick in the NFL draft, high second-round pick. The The highest receiver taken by the Packers since Devontae Adams. Like, and we saw the we seen the, the upside that he has. We saw the the deep uh, passes that he dropped earlier in the year, but this was the coming out party for Christian Watson. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you love to see it for sure. Uh, yeah, man. If he can, you know, keep gaining that momentum. I just remember when you know Devontae was a rookie, and we were like, you know, this kid Devontae Adams playing well, uh, playing well in the playoffs, and then that's when he just took off. So Christian Watson, uh, big shoes to fill, but he's the window is there, so there's no one else that are ahead is ahead of him. Like you know, all these other receivers are just on par with him. the The lead role for this team is for the taking. So uh, Christian Watson has all the opportunity. Most most definitely, and I'm sure he's a guy that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Uh, but I do have to say because I, I this does this is buried in my heart and like I hold it. But Devontae Adams, he he had the great playoff run. And then the second year was when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL, and then we all oh, gotcha. like, oh Devontae is gonna dog, yeah. and then he didn't. Oh, because I had him on a lot of my fantasy oh. teams. Yeah, so it, it hurt. Year three, year three, year go. three, year three, Devontae. But yeah. Christian Watson, you don't have to wait till year three. Nah, There's nah, no rule that you says don't. you need to wait. Nah, nah. So just keep keep it up yeah. right now, man. Yeah. Uh, but let's round out these wide receiver swags, man. The wide receiver four on the week, Christian Kirk. Wide receiver five, Nick Westbrook, Akine. The wide receiver six, Devontae Adams. Seven, Stefan Diggs. Eight, Greg's wide receiver start of the week, Monroe St. Brown. Oh. The wide receiver nine, Gabe Davis. The wide receiver 10, Paris Campbell. The wide receiver 11, DeAndre Hopkins. And the wide receiver 12, Chris Godwin. Welcome back to you, sir. Greg, your thoughts on these performances here by these top 12 wide receivers? Yeah, exciting top 12 for sure. And Monroe St. Brown, always great to see Gabe Davis giving you that, uh, you know, that great boom right for him, for him and his performance. Uh, D-Hop has just been money for those people that drafted him uh, each week, finishing in the, in the top wide receiver one. Uh, and Chris Godwin, um, yeah, definitely good to see. Um, hopefully, you know, this offense can start getting rolling again because Chris Godwin has always been one of the, you know, sneaky best receivers in the league. So he, he's he's got to get going. Yeah, um, 
Gabe Davis showing up with a an actual like regular receiver stat line. It's not like yeah. three catches for two hundred yards and three touchdowns. It, it's you know nine targets, six catches, ninety three yards, and a touchdown. Like that's a legitimate like mm-hmm. stat line that you could you could eat off of every week. Um, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean. I mean, it was getting carries in the backfield of Monroe St. Brown was. So definitely love that. And then D-Hop, you know, you you held him through that six-game suspension. Worth you it. are eating right now, um, eating real good like I am in the League of Extraordinary People. Um, Let's move on to these honorable mentions. Kadarius, Tony. Yes, sir. The talent was evident. His first real game with Patrick Mahomes had a game, but this, this game – we saw Juju Smith-Schuster, my wide receiver, start of the week get knocked out of the game with a concussion. They also came into the game, no Miko Hardman. So it became the Kadarius Tony show early and often, and he finished as the wide receiver 13. We also saw Darius Slayton, somebody you recommended as the wide receiver that you would play. And I scoffed because I was like, Wandell Robinson, who ends up as a Jag? But Darius Slayton here. Ends up as an honorable mention. You you said it. You said if you need a wide receiver on Sunday, go pick up Darius Slayton. And he came through if you did because he finished as the wide receiver 14 in PPR leagues. Yes. It's the only quarter. I mean, not quarterback. Only wide receiver Daniel Jones has been able to really have a connection with through uh, kind of throughout the, his career, really. So um, Darius Slayton has been the one constant for their receivers. There's you know really been no one else so far. So, I mean, I'm going to continue to. Treat Darius Slayton as Daniel Jones' favorite, so because he is, he really is. Christian Watson, Darius Slayton this week on waivers. Oh, Christian Watson, Christian Watson, yeah, not yeah. It's still yeah. The Giants aren't like a, a throwing team. Rogers, Rogers really wants this. Like he, <laughs> he's finding someone. He smells he's it not, now. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Four and six, like, great, great. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, sure, for sure. I think Christian Watson, the upside. Uh, is worth it for for Watson. Yeah, definitely. Rondell Moore also came in. Um, you know, a, a really nice performance here. Thirteen targets. That was fantastic. DeAndre Carter had a nice day. Nico Collins also had a had a good day as well. And Donovan Peoples Jones. I thought he would be on to a better day. Finished with about twelve points in PPR leagues, uh, but had a solid day overall for sure. Uh, yeah. but the Jags on the week, man. Cooper Cup left with an injury even before the injury. Wasn't doing too hot. I think at one point he had like three catches for minus one receiving yards, something mm. stupid like that. Uh, Darnell Mooney didn't, you know, had his his first bad game in a while with this new version of Justin Fields, this unlocked version of Justin Fields. And then Mike Evans uh, also didn't have a great day when we saw guys like Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, you know, all get in the end zone. Uh, any of these, uh, you know, Jag performances, um, you know, stuck out to you, Greg, in a, in a negative way or, you know, these? Um, Not too much. I mean, you know, that's this is probably the first Cooper Cup jag of his career, I feel like. I mean, <laughs> well, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go that far. There was a time where we were like complaining because Cooper Cup was oh, doing this, this thing oh, but since, since, since last year. It's been sure. a while. It's been a, yeah, yeah, definitely been a, been a long time. Um, So, yeah, definitely not worried about him. Obviously, the injury didn't help, too. Um. Other than that, though, you, I did expect a better game from Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, but other than that, you know, it, it was uh, pretty much nothing surprising except Debo Samuel. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. That one that one didn't surprise me as much. I did have Ayuk down for having a better day. I, I thought Debo Samuel was closer to wide receiver 3-4. That was just what mm-hmm. the math bore out in terms of, you know, how he's been utilized re- in recent weeks. But he also is coming back from the hamstring, so – you know, maybe he 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 he'll get he'll get better. Um, but let's move on to these tight end swags, man. And the tight end one on the week was he your streamer of the week again? Back to back, yeah, back man. Streams of the week. You went from hating the man to loving him. Yes, sir. Pokemon, man. The tight end one on the week thus far, but I, I mean Dallas Goddard is playing, so there's still a chance. But we're gonna give Greg his flowers right now. <laughs> Your streamer of the week finishes a tight end one, four catches, seven targets, 74 receiving yards, and two recept- touchdown Ooh. receptions, 23.4 PPR points. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Cole Komet. Yeah, man, Cole Komet, dog in the schedule was the last two weeks where I guess the prime two weeks for any tight end, if you want, my you know, Miami and then Chicago. I mean, Detroit, that's beautiful to have. Uh, I mean, in general, we talk about how you know Justin Fields is getting better. That's going to help the pieces also on the team. So I think Cole Komet, you know, he shouldn't be a uh, stream in stream category next week. I mean, for tight ends, if you need a guy, like, he should be on rosters. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Cole Komet was a guy that I, I liked coming into the year. As the year started, we're seeing these one target, zero catch games. It literally made no sense to continue to yeah. roster him. Yeah, uh, I didn't even – I was like, last week when, when he was playing, I was like, why is Greg making him a start of the week? And then he he does what he does what he does, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not gonna question that anymore. So Cole Komet came out bald this week, definitely. Um, you know, he's got to be in your starting lineup as we move forward. Kind of like this next guy, uh, but not nearly as good. Travis Kelsey, seven <laughs> catches, seven targets, six catches, 81 receiving yards, and a touchdown, 20.1 PPR points. Uh, Greg, is there anything you want to add to this performance that we all expected? No, I mean this is the one constant of our fantasy football podcast of the of the you know the this 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 podcast this part this section like where we do tight end swags or you know Travis Kelsey is in the top three like it's it's automatic man. When did that that had to have like that didn't just that wasn't always the case right it was like the last it's been like the last three years right like the last three years Travis Kelsey's always here but there was a time we used to have like Austin Hooper up here true true <laughs> we, uh, we used to have know. like Gronk up here occasionally Zach Ertz a little bit you know back yeah, in the day back yeah, in the yeah. day this was that was before Goddard took his job yeah but, before Goddard took his job yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, the tight end three on a week, somebody we've both been saying you gotta buy this man, oh, yeah. you gotta buy, you gotta buy. And oh, Greg yeah. put out the Greg put out the PSA last week. Hey, this is your last chance to buy him. Hopefully, you listened. Dalton Schultz, six catches, eight targets, 54 receiving yards, and one touchdown, 17.4 PPR points. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, I mean, yeah, definitely, you know, we've been expecting this from him. Uh, a healthy Dalton Schultz, he's now healthy, is going to be a guy utilized on this team uh, for sure. Dak's always been loving throwing to the tight end position, um, you know, and now uh, Dalton Schultz is going to be one of the main – he's the, I think, the next best cast catcher after CeeDee Lamb on this offense, um, and you you want you want him. So hopefully hopefully bought him before this week because uh, the price is not today's price. Today's price, yeah, yes. price, so. <laughs> no, today's price is not yesterday's price. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Dalton Schultz, you, you, I hope I hope you did that. I really hope you did yeah. it. 
because uh, it was a nice opportunity. Uh, but we're done with the tight end swags. We know what you came here for. This is the most important segment of the week. <laughs> the only reason why you show up during the week, the touchdown or not, nah, tight end of the week. Ooh. That is the tight end who had the least amount of catches, finished in the top 12, and scored a touchdown. Without that touchdown, there would have been nothing. They would have done nothing for you. Nothing. And that week, that award goes to Kansas City Chiefs tight end, Noah Gray. He's our touchdown Ooh. or not tight end of the week. Our man had two catches on two targets for 20 receiving yards and one touchdown reception, finished as the tight end 10. So, Noah Gray, this one goes to you. No one started him though, so but it doesn't matter. No, no. Uh, tight end. Maybe four of the someone week. someone thought that it was Noah Fant, and then they accidentally picked him up. <laughs> Would have helped you a lot more than Noah Fant did. We'll get to that one in a little bit. But the tight end four on the week that would be Jawan Johnson. Tight end five, Tyler Higby. Nice to see you again, Higby. Uh, tight end six, Foster Moreau. Seven, T.J. Hawkinson. My tight end start of the week eight, Harrison Bryant. Nine, Jordan Akins. Ten, the aforementioned Noah Gray. And tying for the tight end 11, Dawson Knox and Kylan Granson. Greg, any of these top 12 performances stuck out to you? Uh, definitely like to see, like, you know, Foster Moreau in there. Um, you know, we've always been looking at him as a guy that when Darryl Waller is out, you, he can be a guy that's a great streaming option. Harrison Bryant as well. Uh, with, you know, David and Joko being out, he's been a, he's a talented uh, young tight end. So, Good to see him play well as, as well. So those two guys for sure. Hopefully, you know, they can continue to you know, perform. Most definitely. And Hawk, you know, had a decent day. Seven uh, finishes tight end seven, but the ten targets. That's what I like to see. That week, you know, nineteen targets in two games as a Minnesota Viking. That's fantastic and something that they think you can bank on as we move forward. Absolutely. Rounding out these, um, well, talking about these tight end Jags. Noah Fant who was my stream of the week, uh, did not come through for us this week. And it was really tough because he had an opportunity to catch a a really long touchdown pass. I don't know if it was – I think it was like maybe 20, 30 yards. Um, but he just couldn't get his second foot down. It was really frustrating to not – to see a man not realize where he was on the football field and just drop that second foot. Uh, but anyway, that's probably the last time we go to that well. Mm-hmm. For now, we'll see. Uh, Pat Fryermuth didn't have a great day, um, you know, not for by his standards or what you would expect from a, from a tight end that you're starting. Uh, Cade Otten, you know, somebody that we've been high on, saw his lowest, you know, 29% of the routes he ran, he participated in this week after being, you know, participant in, in a much higher clip. Uh, that coincided with the return of Cam Brate. So uh, definitely, you know, uh, put a damper on on his on his outlook there. Um, I feel like I'm missing. Oh, Zach Ertz suffered the injury, so you know it's unfortunate, but he'll be out for the rest of the year with a knee injury. So, uh, could couldn't get much much from him in terms of fantasy production. Is there anybody else that I might have missed, Greg? No, nah, I think think you're good. You know, Jags for tight ends is always you know slim pickings. So yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's not slim pickings. We just, you know, the honorable <laughs> mentions is where there's slim pickings. There's like we literally. Don't do an honorable mention at tight end. Well, Jags have to come with expectations. So, like, 
tight ends, yes. you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. not many tight ends out there with right. expectations. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picking up what you're putting down, brother. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's discuss these news and injuries. Um, you know, we talked about Eno Benjamin getting released, but in terms of injury news, LA wide receiver Cooper Cup, he injured his ankle, may have to miss some time. According to head coach Sean McVay, didn't look good and it didn't sound good. So definitely not great news there. Tampa Bay running back Leonard Fournette not expected to miss any games after leaving Sunday's game with a hip injury. Uh, Rashad White, again, needs to be rostered. If he was made available, you got to pick him up off waivers. Um, Jerry Judy, Denver wide receiver, left Sunday's game with an ankle injury, expected to potentially miss some time, but it's supposed to be a strain, uh, a muscle strain, they're saying, and, and so it's not something significant where he'll miss the rest of the season. Carolina quarterback P.J. Walker, he will miss this week's game after suffering a high ankle sprain in Thursday night football. So Baker Mayfield will start against Baltimore on Sunday, and Sam Darnold will be his backup. And then for Arizona, we just touched on this, but Zach Ertz left Sunday's game with a knee injury, and it was just confirmed earlier that he will be out for the remainder of the season. So, Greg, let's go into the – um waivers and let's talk about the quarterback position who are we picking up off waivers this week for quarterback man I, I really really i really looked hard man i was really looking real hard i it's a lot of performances that people had this week and you know matt ryan he had a good performance but he has a bad schedule uh next week you don't really want to trust that uh any of the you know the backward quarterbacks that played um they really weren't uh played really well colt mccoy uh, I think they have Buffalo next week. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough for a lot of these quarterbacks. I really can't see unless, you know, hopefully got a Justin Fields too late for that. Um, hope, you know, honestly, I don't have anyone here for quarterback. It, it, it's real tough at this point. Maybe because, you know, either all these guys are rostered um, and over 50%, and it's not, really a, lot, not a lot of options at this point this, in, for a quarterback this week. Yeah, I mean, who do the Giants play? Um, they play Detroit, but Daniel Jones is over fifty for sure. Is he over fifty? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Daniel Jones is definitely over fifty. All right, well, you know, definitely. It's tough. Yes, if it's a tough Ooh. week, you know, just make sure yeah. you, you come back on on Wednesday when we when we break we give out those streams of the week because uh, haven't taken a look at all the matchups yet myself personally, but I, I think just. Off the rip, you know, I would look for somebody who's mobile, like a Daniel Jones. Obviously, it starts with Justin Fields, but he's there's no yeah. way he's available. Daniel Jones at sixty four percent. I mean, Aaron Deshaun, I mean, it's getting to week eleven, week tw- week well, thirteen. You're saying week Deshaun thirteen, Watson, week Deshaun 13. Watson. Yeah. So if you're looking ahead, if you're looking real ahead, I mean, that could be the ad to make now, sooner than later. I think honestly. Sooner rather than later, if you're on, yeah. if you're, if you're going to go with Deshaun Watson, uh, definitely can't help you this week. But uh, Green, who does Green Bay play? Oh, they play Tennessee. Would you play Aaron Rodgers against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night? Uh, yeah, I would. I think so. Um, for some reason, though, no one dropped Aaron Rodgers during this whole period, but it's because he's at seventy nine percent. So, uh, yeah, the name. I'm, I'm, it's the name. Yeah, he's back to back MVP. Uh, you know, people were just holding on to him while letting Justin Fields just sit on the waiver wire for so long, and Geno Smith and people like that. It's crazy. Yeah, 
See, next yeah. year we're gonna we're gonna use this as the example, right? Like imagine you were holding on to player X, like you were holding on to Aaron Tom Brady. Rogers, if, or, not yeah. Tom Brady and yeah. not picking up Justin Fields. <laughs> Crazy. 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 Um Greg, what about running back, man? Is there is it yeah, we, got we got some, some running backs in there? Yeah, okay. yeah, we got some. Well, no, Rashad White, you. Rashad White won. Uh, he's at 45% rostered. We know we're gonna continue to bring up his name, Leonard Fournette. He got banged up this week. Uh, he, he possibly could be back next week, but just having that security. They are on is, they are on by this week, so they can't help this, you yeah. this week. Yeah. But definitely a guy that I would add and hold through the buy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Jarek McKinnon, 16% roster. I talked about him being, you know, kind of the JD McKissick of this offense. He got another five carries, uh, five not five targets, five receptions this week. So he's going to continue to be used in the pass game at a at a, a nice healthy capacity. Uh, so he could be, I give you that RB three floor. Um, and actually, he got targeted eight times this week, six receptions for fifty six yards. So definitely someone that you're you're looking at as far as a, a safe floor RB three with some RB two upside in weeks. Uh, Jalen Warren, you know, a guy you brought up before last week, uh, especially with Najee Harris not being really being Najee Harris this year. Jalen Warren should continue to kind of be involved. Uh, he, he'll he'll get his his chance and in, in an offense that is not you know, been very promising this year, but they're going to try some things out. So Jalen Warren could give you some depth. And then Kyron Williams, yo, he finally played, yo. He he, he came through. He exists. He's a real <laughs> he person. He, he did exist. 41% rostered. Uh, that's kind of high for, you know, people that held on for him all year like me. Um, kind of high uh, so. for a fake player we didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah. <until Sunday. laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was used. Uh, limited capacity. Um, and that just helps for, you know, First week, obviously, you're not going to get too much work, but the next week it should increase. And Daryl Henderson hasn't really been, uh, you know, promising this year. The Rams is an offense, so I'm sure they're going to want to try some things and try out that rookie. Okay, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about at wide receiver? Yeah, wide receiver. Hey, sorry, uh, before you say that, yeah. just want to say James Robinson was not great before mm-hmm. the Buffalo game. He had like consecutive games of like single digits. He was on by. He could be out there. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be willing to get that for sure. He's at seventy five percent, but if you can get that okay, over like so eighty to ninety, that should be good. Yeah. 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 Well, what about at wide receiver, Greg? Sorry. Uh, deep list for wide receiver. I mean, that's always is. You know, we can find those guys Sunday morning, but you know, to start it off early, obviously Christian Watson. 9% rostered. He's your number one guy. Uh, being attached to Aaron Rodgers, one, uh, being in an offense where the the opportunity is is for the taking for him, a receiver like him, a rookie, talented, uh, got the draft capital. So Christian Watson, I think, has the highest upside of all these wide receivers. Um, Darius Slayton, he's at 6%. Um, a guy, you know, we talked about, you know, I do like Christian Watson more, but uh, in a offense, you know, that you know, they, I, I'm sure they want to throw the ball and they want to find a receiver. Uh, it looks like he's going to be Daniel Jones's main staple for the the rest of the season. Giants, you know, on their way to possibly going eight and two next week, so they're going to keep keep rolling uh, through Saquon and Saquon. And when they throw the ball, Darius Slayton. Uh, and then there's the second tier kind of oh, those guys where you know you you know it can pop up here every week uh, in the top twelve, top you know wide receiver two. Uh, and Paris Campbell, 18% rostered. Uh, I think the that wide receiver two spot has been, you know, talked about all year. Who was going to take it? Alec Pierce, 
or Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell got a, a high number of targets this week. Uh, he's been in a, lot, in a, a couple of games this, week, this year where he's got a high target share. So I think if Matt Ryan's going to go and, and, you know, we see this this usage, I think it's worth a shot for Paris Campbell to get uh, some wide receiver three weeks. KJ Osborne, he's at 4%. Um, we could be, you know, I could see a theory of me swinging uh, the guard where KJ Osborne kind of fills that role as the number two guy over Adam Thielen. So uh, down the stretch. So, I mean, I would keep an eye on his usage and everything like that. And then Dominus Peoples-Jones at 35%, um, Nico Collins at 13%, and then Zay Jones. Zay Jones at 22%. Uh, these are you guys, you know, we've been talking about all year. I think Nico Collins and Zay Jones I like a little bit more than Dominus Peoples-Jones because, you know, Brandon Cooks doesn't want to play anymore. He doesn't want to be on the team pretty much anymore. So Houston's got to throw to someone. And then Zay Jones has just been attached to Trevor Lawrence all year. He's, he's been a guy that's been popping up in the top 30 a lot of weeks uh, this year. So um, definitely can give you some some top 30 weeks down the line. So DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, is super interesting to me. For mm-hmm. a, He's been productive. He's been really good. Yeah. But he also gets a quarterback upgrade in two weeks. That is true. That's a great point, though. Yeah. So <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of, you're kind of like, you know, you're, he gets better without you even having to, it's the same player. Yeah. And, you know, so um, I do, but I do like all of those options. Nico Collins is somebody I've been high on. And I think he could even, like you said, similar to what you've been saying, like I can think he could eventually overtake Brandon Cooks for that number one role. Mm-hmm. Christian Watson to me though, I just want to clarify, like everything you said is true. And I, and I'm a hundred percent on board with what you said, because if he had this game in week two, you wouldn't even be able to get him because he'd already be on rosters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because he would have been a guy like, oh, you know, high draft capital. Yeah. Packers need a wide receiver. Like, you, we wouldn't even be talking about him. We'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, if he's available in your league, go get him. But, you know, it's going to be a long shot potentially. But, like, we're here in week 10, right? We're entering yeah. week 11. Like, a player like that being available at this time, that is what helps take your team over the top. Right. Right. Uh, right. If a guy like Christian Watson, if he does hit. Um, so just want to keep that in mind. Like he's a guy I'm going full force after yeah, in, in leagues uh, just because I think he's going to, you know, the probability says that a player like him, in a team that's needs targets, targets are earned. They're based on talent, skill. He's a he's a second round pick, you know, high draft capital. Like everything is the cards are all in Christian Watson's favor that if he stays healthy, that he can finish, you know, as a top twenty four, top thirty six wide receiver rest of season, right? Like weekly, I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all in on, on Christian Watson for sure. We get to see it uh, right away Thursday night. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see it right away. You'll see that uh, whether you have buyer's remorse or whether you felt really good about <laughs> your, your investment. Word. <laughs> Greg, what are we doing at tight end before we close this one out? I got two names. Uh, one being Foster Moreau is at 17%. Uh, got four carries. I mean, four targets this week, but he did score a touchdown. Um, you know, first touchdown of the year, so maybe he's on par, you know, starting to get in a little role here. Uh, another week where he's just the main starter. Uh, I think if Vegas is going to play well, uh, Foster Moreau's got to got to be a part of that. Um, they think just not going to take the tight end out of the game plan just because Darren Wall is not there. So, and then lastly, 
Got the news today. Zach Ertz is out. Trey McBride season should be here. Hopefully, you know, 0%. He's out there everywhere. This could be a deep sleeper, uh, I think, at tight end position. Um, so definitely keep an eye on him. I mean, he's, you know, highly, you know, not highly drafted. He has draft capital, though. Uh, he was in prospect uh, out of college. So I think Trey McBride's season could be here. Yeah, Trey McBride was uh, – he was my favorite tight end prospect coming out of this class. I think he was the NFL's top prospect. I think he was the number one tight end drafted. Does have second-round draft capital invested in him. Tight end is a position that we usually think takes takes a little while before, you know, you can get going. But there's a this is a team, right? There's there's opportunities. You know, the team, the team utilizes the tight end. We saw him getting involved as soon as Zach Ertz got injured. Yep. So I, I think, you know, again, he's another guy this stage in the game, right? If you lost Zach Ertz, you might not be able to replace him. Maybe you are able to replace him. With 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 a guy like Trey McBride. Hey, look, I I'm old enough to remember that the tight end, the tight end, um, you know, insurance policy is actually a thing. I don't know. I remember Dallas Clark, Dallas Clark got hurt. I needed a tight end, and some guy named Jacob Tammy took over as the starting tight end for the Colts, and it it helped take my team over to the top because all of a sudden now I had, uh, you know, a, a tight end, uh, to help to help win, but. No need to talk about my prehistoric fantasy teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully Zach Ertz doesn't get kind of not Wally pipped again, but you know Dallas Goddard. Anytime Zach Ertz was out, Dallas Goddard did come out and have a great game, and they were like, "Oh, maybe we got a guy here in the future." So we'll see. Yeah, man, and and Trey McBride. I mean, he's they drafted him. They drafted him probably see, for that we'll reason. See. So we'll see. <laughs> all right, everybody, thank you for listening. We appreciate y'all for tapping in and vibing with us on this evening enjoy monday night football uh hot take maybe the eagles aren't undefeated when this thing is over maybe it was a weird week did you see the week that we it just was. saw it was a weird week it was a weird, it was a weird week, week. Right. crazy stuff oh, just happened oh, crazy man. stuff <laughs> and that wasn't my pick when we when we made the picks but i'm just saying after the, after observing the week that we observed i was like yo the eagles might lose because i don't know anything about football right now oh, it's man. crazy but we'll talk about that one on wednesday when we break down thursday night football and we give out our streams of the week so make sure you are here locked in tapped in it'll be wednesday night sometime between six probably no later than eight but we'll only one way to find out until next time y'all we'll catch y'all later have a good one we're out of here peace we out